This is the Beyond Belief Sobriety Podcast, where we examine topics of interest to people who seek a secular path to recovery from addictions of all kinds. Well, welcome to another episode. Uh, today, I have a guest. Her name is Kayla C., and she wrote me uh, an email a couple weeks ago letting me know that she is looking for stories uh, for a book that she'd like to compile of recovery stories of uh, atheists and agnostics, I guess, in recovery. Um, And I thought, well, that is really, I would like to know the story behind this. So I asked her if she would come on the podcast. She says, I've never done that before. Not sure, but I'll do it. And here she is. (laughs) Yeah. So welcome, Kayla. It's good to have you. Here we go, I guess. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I wonder um, what is behind this. Can you can you kind of give the, the background of what happened that led up to you wanting to do this? Yes, I well, I've been drinking for years and years. I was a bartender for about 10, 12 years, really started. My body actually just started deteriorating and I finally decided to go to Mayo for inpatient treatment. I chose Mayo because it's a little bit more science-based than some of the other places I could have gone. Really enjoyed it, actually. So shout out to Mayo, I guess. Um, but while I was there, we were required to go to AMA meetings, which was fine. I enjoyed it. I I appreciate the connectedness and, you know, that kind of thing about it. But the God thing doesn't really resonate with me personally. And I, I respect people that it does because I mean, I wish I had that. I, sure. but I, you know, it wouldn't, seems like it yeah, makes life yeah. maybe easier. I don't know, but I didn't. And so every time I'd go, I thought to myself, like, as much as the stories and the connection helps, it doesn't actually fit what I need or what I'm assuming a growing number of people need because statistically we're moving farther and farther away from religion, you know, especially organized religion. So, um, you know, when people continue to tell me, well, your higher power can be anything, but if you've ever been to an AA meeting, that's, they're always pushing you. You, you, you can start here, but eventually you'll go to the, yeah, like you, they're talking <laughs> yeah. about God, yeah, like, let's are. be real. Um, so, while I was doing that, I I liked some of the big book stories because it, it kind of reminded me of reading Chicken Soup for the Soul when I was a kid, you know, that the compilation of stories that some just really hit you and you feel like, okay, someone else out there is experiencing what I'm experiencing. And I think that is a, a cornerstone of, you know, recovery. It's just recognizing that you're not alone and meeting people in the same spot because for me personally – I had to relearn how to socialize. I mean, I've been in the bar scene for so long that living a sober life and full, like fully living one, which is the point of recovery, not just white knuckling it. Like you want to live a life in recovery is really hard to do without making those connections. So I think there's just lacking a platform other than this. This is why I love this show, like a platform for people that have like lack those beliefs to share their stories of empowerment and how they get through it and, you know, tips on, you know, what you do to stay sober. I mean, just basic things that don't necessarily go with the whole God has led me on this path to sobriety thing, because that's just not my scene. And I, I feel like I've connected with plenty of people who would really appreciate something like that. So yeah, that's the kind of stories I'm looking for, I yeah. guess. Well, I think you are absolutely right. Um, I, I'm like you, if somebody wants 
if, if, if somebody's comfortable with a religious background and, and a spiritual path or whatever, that's fine. As, as long as they don't push that on me to do, they can do that. They can do their own thing. And I'm sure for them, that's very enriching and, and so forth. But for me personally, um, it's more enriched. My, my recovery means more to me and it's richer and fuller when I can uh, think about it in my own way you know, and, and describe it with my own language and not feel like I have to, I have to conform to someone else's idea. Um, I don't need a higher power. I've got other people in my life. That's what works for me. And I'm cool with that. So yeah. Um, and there is a need for more of these stories out there. Uh, and I do like, I like the idea of this book. Um, so it's sort of like a chicken, chicken for the soul, but for, um, what, what are you looking for? What kind of stories are you looking for? And, and... I kind of want all over the gamut. I haven't quite, I mean, this is kind of on a whim, to be honest. This this, this came to me in like a cup. I was talking to a friend of mine who actually has a, a podcast that's pretty great too. I'm going to shout out Life Not Wasted. Not, and a Life she, Not Wasted? Yes. And um, her name's Amber. And she, um, she kind of was a force for me pushing, like she not only kind of shot it to me straight and said, you need to get some help. And I respected that, but she also did it too. Like she, I, she led by example. And um, so I just, we were chatting one day and I just kind of came to me like, I, we don't have a lot, like you're one of the only resources that people have to feel connected because it's like we said, as much as you pretend that like AA will try to shift it where it's not religious based, it just is at the end of the day, that is the main focus. And I think that can work for some people if they're doing it along with maybe other treatment options, if they are, do have some kind of religious background, but I don't see why at this in 2021, we can not have maybe something for atheists and agnostics where they can feel connected and really hear their own stories within other stories. And so I'm looking for anything from like the gritty real and the big book, big books language is, you know, it's like written in like 1935 or something. They could be maybe our vernacular, maybe a little (laughs) different now, you know, speaking the way that we talk now. Yes. So, um, I kind of want just any stories of personal growth, um, what you do to get through, um, you know, from the gritty stuff to, you know, the happy stuff, because there's some really negative sides to recovery. Relapse is a part of recovery. Like it can be messy. And I I think it's worth talking about instead of pretending that it it's not a thing, you know, like I think people like to know that like, me at my lowest was someone else was there too. Like, and, but look at them now, you know, those growth stories are just so inspiring and that's just kind of what I'm looking for. Nothing specific. So there's no wrong answer here. Right. You know? Yep. Yeah. You know, you can actually go, um, and I've been in recovery for a long time. <laughs> I probably, well, I will be for the rest of my life, but for, um, decades now 30 some years oh good for you yeah well it's just be, it's just because i'm i'm old and i've lived a long time and haven't drank but um the thing is um i have there have been periods of my life after many years of sobriety several years of sobriety where i had some rough rough spots you know and uh was able to get through those sober and that was all part of my growth too and a lot of times you don't hear the stories of people who um, have, I mean, it seems like a lot of times the stories that, that we hear are, I was a drunk 
I got sober and I lived happily ever after. Yes. And, but some, there's a lot of up and down, ups and downs yes. along the way. And there's nothing wrong with that because you learn through those ups and downs too. I mean, it's mm-hmm. all part of our experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I definitely like that. I was wondering, did you grow up without um, going to church or anything or did you become, adopt this worldview later on? I grew up, I call it fake Catholic. Um, we rarely went to church. I mean, I was confirmed. I was in Sunday school, um, that kind of thing. But I grew up in a really small Minnesota town where it was kind of just what you did. You know, I, my parents, I don't, my mom, I would say my mom's religious, but, um, they're very, they're very liberal in terms of thought process on that kind of, I know my mom would probably like for me to be more religious, but she doesn't push it on me really. Um, my dad is just kind of not so much, um, but very liberal views. And I, I mean, I came out when I was my early twenties. Um, and that was a scary thing for me, you know, especially growing up Catholic or whatever. So, but they handled it, you know, but it did, it did affect my life. You know, that shame that you feel can kind of change you. And my sister works in social services and she, she kind of likes to share, to remind me that part of recovery is learning coping mechanisms, learning why, like what kind of, like, why do you feel the need to drink today? Like what, like digging deeper is important. And that's why AA, a standalone program of AA, I don't think is very, it's not going to do its job by itself, frankly, because you just, you need something beyond, you know, God's will to, to be sober. I, I think that's just yeah. a personal opinion. Yeah. So, so how did you end up in an, in a, in an AA meeting and what were your impressions of it? Um, I went to my first AA meeting at Mayo during my treatment center at Mayo. We had a few that were required, which I just, I do get pushing AA on people simply because there's not a lot of other resources. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's everywhere. It, yeah. And it is, it's yeah easy to access. It's free and you get the community, which is nice. Um, but yeah, so that was my first experience. I found that I liked going to NA meetings more. I think they just had a more free flow, but I mean, that's uh, meetings are different everywhere sure, you yeah, go. So I don't like to, and... mm-hmm. so I, I, I've had some great experiences at AA meetings, but in the general, in the scheme of things, it, it's not going to really, it doesn't sit with me. Right. You know, like it's not my personal thing. And I need, I would really like, you know, to hear other people's stories about how they did it without that, because I don't have that. I don't have, you know, this like higher power saving me from alcohol. I have to figure out a way to do that without that idea in my brain. Cause I just don't have that. Um, I was similar to you in that I didn't grow up. Uh, I didn't grow up in any, any religion though at all. I didn't go to church. Parents didn't push any re- sort of religious beliefs on us at all. Um, and I knew nothing about religion, but I also knew nothing about AA going into it. And I had no idea that there was going to be anything to do with God and AA when I, all I knew about AA was from what I would see in the movies and never in the movies, when someone goes to a meeting, do they stop and say the Lord's prayer or anything like that? So I had no <laughs> idea there was any of that. So it really, it really kind of surprised me, but I think now people do before they even get to their first meeting, they're kind of prepared for that. Were Absolutely. you? Oh yes. I actually, I was, I didn't want to go. I, I was, I'm, I'm pretty firm in my atheism or, 
I'm kind of, I don't even like to say, I guess, strict atheism. I, I don't pretend to know everything or know that there is no God, but I most certainly don't believe in it. So going in, having that knowledge of the premise was just like, I was already kind of just pessimistic about the whole thing. I ended up taking more out of it than I thought I would um, simply because I was, you know, I was kind of, al- we were alone at, you know, treatment. So I didn't, and it was nice to, like I said, hear those stories. It's, it's interesting and it's fun. And it like, it brings everyone together and that, that kind of um, unity, it does help you in sobriety, but that's, there's just that underlying constant factor of God's going to get you through this, that I just, it doesn't affect me in that way. And I would love to, I know that the faction of people that have those, those feelings seems to be getting bigger by the oh, day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's kind of, I think it's important for us to have a platform to, you know, discuss these things and find other ways, you know, discuss your own. I want to hear about so-and-so's coping mechanisms, you know, how they get through those terror, those real bad cravings, you know, those kind of things. Well, I think, um, I think that the number, our numbers are growing. I think that COVID um, was kind of a mixed blessing in a way because it um, kind of forced us online. And so we're, people are finding these secular meetings online on, on zoom and so forth. And I, and I, and there's so many of them now, there's, I don't even know how many there are, there's hundreds of them now. And, uh, when, if life ever returns to normal, I'm sure someday it will, uh, if those meetings go into brick and mortar, I mean, that's, it's going to, it could be a game changer as far as, you know, secular recovery goes. Also, I think more people are finding smart recovery, which is really good too. Yes. Um, I like smart. I, I took the training in smart and I want to go to more of those meetings because I like the, I like the, I like the practical tools that they have. Um, and, uh, but I, it, it's really, it's interesting. Yeah. And I, and I would, I kind of mixed the two. I'd, I'd mix that with AA cause I've been in AA for so long. I've got friends there. I'd like to hang on to those friends. I, I don't, I like going to meetings and see those people. But then I also like the tools that I get from smart and some of the other things that I'm involved with online. Yeah. Like a blended version of the two programs, perhaps. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree. I've been to both, you know, like enough of both to kind of agree with you that there's certain aspects of the AA meetings that I do find beneficial. And yeah. I do think, or just, I guess the, the layout of the meeting or, or whatnot. Um, but yeah, on the other end, I think smart recovery is just much more where I'm at in terms of the science based, you know, you know, rewiring our brains to, to, you know, just to, to make different choices and um, just learning about why you are where you are, you know, what you can do to fix it. I, I like, I'm very practical about that. You know, I'm, I just, I want to know, I want to know the why of some of the things I want to know what's going on. I mean, I'm, I'm in therapy now. I've, you know, just doing digging deep is important, I think. And I just think it, it kind of just touches the surface because at the end of the day, it's in God's hands. Right. right and I right. think that's a cop out. Yeah, it is. When you get to, um, well, all this, a lot of the steps mentioned God, God, but, um, the, the, the two steps after you, after you get done with your, taking a look at yourself, take an honest look at yourself. You figure out what's going on with you, your motives and why you react the way you do in life. But then you, then you go to these two steps where you really start changing, but the way the steps are written, you don't really have to do anything because God does it all. Yeah. But those are the, but that's the point in a person's recovery when they start doing things like I'm going to therapy, 
when they start looking at um, other aspects, they, they start, start taking more of a holistic look at their entire life and their entire recovery. And that's when all, that's when a lot happens. And it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm a pretty hard atheist, but um, those two steps, six and seven, when I look at them in a secular way and I think about what I did at that time in my life, there's actually a lot, a lot of work, a lot going on there that you miss out on if you just say that God does it all. And what's funny is, and, a lot of the meetings, um, I always tell the same jokes over and over. But a lot of the meetings, when they talk about step six and seven, um, they always, uh, you always hear everybody say, I don't know, God just hasn't taken my defects of character away. He just hasn't taken my <laughs> Right? <laughs> it's like, well, maybe. Oh, <laughs> maybe man. I'll tell you something. <laughs> like, there is not enough praying in the world, honey. <laughs> I don't know why. He just hasn't done it. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> Praying for years. <laughs> that is kind of funny it is it is sometimes it's like oh it's really it's always a crapshoot when you go to a meeting to a new meeting because you're like this could be complete some of them that you know are are not you know drenched in christianity but so it's i don't know i think part of it is like my firm atheism that i'm I'm always coming annoyed maybe a little because i'm just like understand that i already kind of know what the vibe's gonna be um i can understand that I just feel like we ignore a completely separate part of our recovery there, you know, like just ignore, you know, like the mental health dual diagnosis is so strong in addicts and we almost just pretend like God will take care of that too, you know, and we don't discuss those things, at least in my experience. No, you're right. Uh, In fact, um, so I started, uh, I was uh, 25 years old. This is like 33 years ago now. And at that time, and I guess a lot hasn't changed, but at that time I actually had people um, tell me I shouldn't be going to therapy. I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be doing these things that, that all I needed was to pray and to not be selfish and all this stuff. And um, what I, what I did, I just conformed to whatever they thought I, sh- I, whatever I thought they wanted me to do and say, and I did that for a long time. But when I got, I, I got to the point over a, pe- a period of time, it was like maybe several years, I don't know, but it was just a while where I just started thinking more and more that, you know, I don't think that there's a God. I really don't. I really think I'm an atheist. And then I started reading these books um, by uh, Christopher Hitchens, Richard Dawkins, mm-hmm. and I was convinced finally, I said, I am an atheist. And, and, and um, it scared me at first because I thought, well, shit. I mean, but at that point I'd been in AA for 25 years mm-hmm. and I thought, how am I going to fit in? What am I going to do? You know? Yeah. So what I did, I was going to meetings and at first and I wouldn't tell anybody I was an atheist. I wouldn't tell mm-hmm. anybody I read those books or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I kept it up. Especially like, nope. Well, for 25 years, I'd hear people say really bad things about atheists, you know, oh, that, yeah. that we are unhappy, blah, blah, blah. And even the big book um, kind of insults us. So I had... There was a, I felt stigmatized, so I didn't say anything, but slowly and surely, especially after I started learning about these secular meetings going on out there, slowly but surely I started speaking out about how I really felt about the program. And once I did that, there was no turning back and I couldn't be comfortable anymore in that meeting. Nope. I couldn't. Oh no! And it wasn't anything against them. Maybe, maybe a lot of people were cool, but there were enough people in there that made me uncomfortable that I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so now I just I only go to secular meetings now. And I would have to. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I can understand, you know, especially if, cause you kind of, you went through that, you went through that too, where you had, you came out as an atheist. I, well, I, I've never not been an atheist. I did not, there's never a moment where I was like, that thing, that's real. Like I believed in Santa Claus more than I believed in God my whole life. So, um, yeah. So at least there, I, at least I didn't have to come out as an atheist. I had to come out as gay, which oh, was not as, not as fun. Okay. Uh, okay. You know? Okay. So I, when you I said like, you were coming out, I thought you meant, yeah, I said, yeah, no, yeah, no, <laughs> okay. uh, I didn't have, they've, that wasn't they've a big known deal. since five probably that I'm like, <laughs> you guys are ridiculous for thinking this is real. <laughs> But okay, uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Cause I did, I, I, I did, I did that little coming out as an atheist thing in AA. It was like, it was so dramatic and everything. But um, yeah, I just, I just had, had to go. It's just like a, it's, I think it's a separate line of thought completely though. That makes it difficult to transition into an AA meeting because if you don't believe in that, and which I found that Christians find very hard to accept. Like I posted this about my stories that I wanted on this like sober website thing where there's thousands of people. And I found that Christians were probably even subconsciously very agitated. Just I made it very clear that this has nothing to do with any bias towards religion. I just think we need, you know, maybe a a platform for other, you know, for atheists and agnostics. And this was not an AA site. It was just a recovery site. No, this is just like a recovery site. And yeah, it, it didn't go well, needless to say people, you know, and I had a couple people come to my rescue and say, she didn't offend you in any way. She, and you know, that, that everyone has a higher power thing really frustrates me because it's like I don't and when people say nature I'm like I like nature it's not keeping me sober like it's um it's ridiculous language it was it, I don't you know I don't I finally I, I said you know what I don't talk that way I don't have higher powers you know there are people in my life who help me um and that that's all there is to it I, that, this higher power thing I don't I don't I don't do that I don't need to I have figure a support out. system I have a support system right? <laughs> you know like who are what are we like a higher power like why does it happen that's just such like you said ridiculous terminology yeah. um so yeah but I, it is clicked. funny too a lot of those people probably were um it's weird i okay i i have a friend a new friend from st louis and i actually did a podcast episode with him but i'm afraid to put, post it but the guy is super christian 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 as hell he can't say he can't finish the sentence without talking about how great jesus is he's just really really seriously um, Christian and he knows I'm an atheist and he knows that, that my recovery is all about a secular recovery, but he can't seem to understand that how, um, his beliefs could be, could trigger like a traumatic reaction in someone else. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He, he, to him, it's so normal and comfortable. And so it's like, I don't know. I, I, at a certain point, if I, if I continue my friendship with him, I'm just going to have to say, you know, you really got to cut this stuff out. I yeah. you know, the Jesus stuff, I just can't handle. It's too much. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. And, and I, I'm not very good at holding my tongue. So, I mean, I am in social circumstances, but sometimes my mom gets just a head shake, you know, because it's, it does get frustrating when it's like, don't push it out. Just stop. Like, I don't tell you all about my atheist views. I just live my life, you right, know? Like, right. um, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, Will, if you want to know, that's for sure. But Yeah. So um, I, I do, you know, just putting this, 
putting this book together would be a good, good experience if you can do it because of all the people that you'll meet. Um, that was been my experience with this podcast. I've been able to talk to a couple hundred people by now over the last few, uh, few years. And, um, I've learned so much and it's been such an amazing experience. And I think that, you know, if, if you were fortunate enough to have people contribute these stories, it would be something similar. Um, I get a lot out of people's stories and so if I'm, if I'm talking to somebody on a podcast and listening to their story and then editing it later, I mean, that their story is in my brain pretty, pretty much forever and has meant a lot to me and enriched my life. And a book like this would do the same thing, putting it together, because you're going to be getting all these stories. You're going to be reading them yeah, carefully, I mean, you know, and putting it all together. It's really... It's a lot of work too, but it would be yeah. a great experience. Nothing else. It's great for my recovery. And I, I just think it would be, a. I just think it'll be interesting if nothing else, you know, and people, there's so many stories and everyone, I found that alcoholism or addiction of any kind is, you know, on a scale and people have very different experiences with it. And so a compilation of stories where even if just one reaches you, you know, you feel better that day. You know, and I just think that we don't have that, you know, they, AA has the big book would be nice to, you know, if I'm having a rough day or whatever, to read a story that, you know, just makes me feel at least less alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, yeah, I think I, I, yeah, there's definitely need for that. Plus there's a lot of people, a lot of us out there and we're, we're a lot easier to get a hold of now. Um, social media, um, podcast, whatever, where every, it's not hard to find, uh, an agnostic or atheist in, in recovery anymore. There's so many of us that are outspoken now. And, I like um, that. yeah, it is cool. It's, 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 it could be, it could be transformative and it is really important to it. You know, it's like, why do you even, why even bother with that? It's just one more obstacle to put in front of somebody mm-hmm. that's really unnecessary. Um, so it just, makes sense to me. <laughs> so, but. Yeah. I mean, for me right now, it's all about personal growth and trying to, I mean, it's a, it was a drastic life change for me going from downtown bar tending to, you know, trying to refigure what, what I, it was my whole image. It was my identity was, you know, downtown bar and a busy bar wonder that was, they was were my family. Ask you about that. Um, so I had a, I did I did a podcast episode with a person who started this organization called Ben's Friends, and Ben's Friends is um, it's a recovery group for people who are in the um, bar and restaurant industry, and he was telling me that people that work in the food and beverage industry have a really hard time, and, and especially in twelve step programs, because a lot of the times they're given the advice that you need to quit your job. Yeah, And they don't want to do that. And a lot of times their job is everything to them. They love their job and so mm-hmm. forth. What, what about, how did you deal with that? Did you, did you remain in the same position? No, I had, had, to had to leave. I, I loved, I, I started bartending and serving tables in college. And I realized that with my major, I'm making more money doing this than <laughs> I would be right. with my major, at right. the, you know, so, and I loved it. You know, like it was enjoyable for me. I was good at it. It's nice to feel good at something. This is another part of why recovery has been 
a bit difficult for me because like I said, that was my identity. I loved serving. I loved being out there in the public and meeting people, but drinking a lot comes with the bartending. I don't know what the service industry, you know, I'm sure that's with a lot of different professions, but we're already at a bar. We're already at a restaurant. (laughs) A lot of times, you know, I mean, you know, you work until 3am sometimes, you know, and Fortunately, sometimes you sneak drinks on the job. It's just, it's part of our lifestyle and it's, it's hard to leave because it's a family vibe that you get when you work in a restaurant for a while or a bar for a while. And that's, it's tough. It felt like losing my entire life. Like I didn't know what to do anymore. Like brunch, I would drink, you know, bowling, I would drink. Literally every I'm lacrosse, Wisconsin's not exactly the prime oh, location to be. So <laughs> I my brother lived in lacrosse. I've been up yes. there a lot. Yeah, there's like a bar in every corner, isn't there? Every <laughs> yes, we had most bars per capita in the United States for a while. So. Oh really? Yeah, yes. it's really cool. I love the downtown there, but yeah, oh, absolutely, there's a bar but, everywhere. Yes, and I, you know, you just kind of after working down there for a while, you do become like a bit of a staple and. Now it's like, it's, it's been really good for me to take a step back and think like, I don't think being a downtown drinker slash bartender should be my identity. Like there has to be so much more to me. Right. So taking time to learn and figure what that is out is so important to me, but it's very hard. And so, yeah, I actually am very interested to uh, check out that what you just told me about. I'll email, I'll email you a link yeah, to it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. He he um he's been in the restaurant business for a long time. He is based in Charleston. And he was just talking about, you know, the long hours that you have to put in in that industry, um the late nights and and uh and and then, you know, having to deal with um recovery and being around alcohol. Mm-hmm. So much of and- it most of us aren't used to doing a a nine to five or, you know, we work odd shifts. We're on our feet. You know, it's, it's a big change and, and it's less money and it's not, well, at least it's not cash in your hand at the end of the night. You know, it's, it's a giant change. It's like a lifestyle change on a lifestyle change, you know? So it's been, it's been pleasant to find out though, how many people are so supportive and, you know, and, I've really found my, my bar family stayed, you know, has stuck with me. So Good. that's lovely. And do you have, how's your recovery going? How are you doing with that? It, it's good. And I'm not going to say it's, well, I, good is a generous term. I've, I, I have had recent struggle. I started a new job. I'm in real estate now, which is lovely, but I, I did, I'm moving into a sober house. I think that hopefully this next week, just because just, had a couple lapses, you know, and I think the structure might be good for me. So, um, yeah, so I'm just making some changes to, you know, fit my needs right now. And I think that'll be wonderful. I'll be right next to my job and yeah, but I mean, I'm not going to pretend like it's going phenomenally, (laughs) but you know, I, I'm more self-aware I would say. And I think that's one of the biggest things you can do in recovery is just, recognize when you're falling down that shame hole or that rabbit hole of, you know, it's so easy to hate yourself for doing it again. And then it spirals because that shame causes you to not want to feel that shame anymore. And pretty soon you've ruined your life and, you know, a few days kind of yeah. thing. And you, It's um. so if I understand pro- um, recovery, is just a process of change. And that doesn't mean that it's just all, 
straight up. I mean, yes. so um, even a, even a, anyone who has a lapse, it doesn't mean that you've lost anything that you've already built up beforehand. No, it's a and learning it's experience. It's just part of the learning experience as you keep growing and changing. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing, nothing at all about that, that anyone... No. But unfortunately, especially it's more so uh, like if you in smart, it's not as stigmatized if you have a lapse at all um, mm-hmm. as it is in like 12 step programs. Yes. In 12 step programs, they say, OK, you got to all go, go all the way back to the step one again, whereas in like smart, you don't even have that kind of a linear thing. You just say, OK, this yeah. is the tool I'm going to use or I'm going to use that tool. Mm-hmm. And um, and they also def- they also. Um, uh, anyway, it's it's just really interesting. It's very different. It's just very different. Yeah. And I kind of like, I kind of like that approach. Do so. too. Yeah. I just think that, you know, every time, I mean, and I'm not saying, you know, keep relapsing, you know, <laughs> I'm just, it, it, it is, it does happen. It's a thing. We, I, even immediately when you asked me that, I went to like AA mode where I was like, oh, don't tell. No, I don't. Yeah. I was just like, don't tell them. And yeah. then I'm like, no, that's, that's defeats the purpose of this. I, yeah, I've had COVID so has been this. a struggle. I was talking to someone on, 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 on a, a podcast interview. Her name is Susie, and she's she's like a, she has a book club, the Soberish Book Club. So she reads like crazy, and she was telling me that she read that most people in AA have relapsed and don't say anything. Absolutely, I have no doubt. It doesn't being in those meetings. It does not surprise me, and I don't think they're doing anything on purpose no. to shame no, you. It's just. just it's just part of the culture of AA. Yeah. They you know? don't want Yeah. It's just so, so yeah, it's uh it's weird um, to think about, to think that, mm-hmm. but, um, but then again, it's normal too, because it's, it's all part of it. It's all part yeah, of it. So it's, it really it's, is. It's something else. So anyway, um, to collect these stories, how can people get, get a hold of you? Um, my, I will have you post my email if that works for you. Um, it is just my full name, Kayla Connor, C O N N O R dot K C at Gmail. So you can just post that if you'd like. Um, and yeah, email me, let me know, you know, if you want to even just, if you email me and you want to talk on the phone, just, you know, ask me for my number and we can do that. You know, and don't be scared. There's no specific stories I want, you know, there's no criteria, there's no rubric to follow, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I just kind of want to hear your thoughts, your feelings, how you've handled it so far, your personal growth stories, anything. Yeah. I like it. That's another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support our podcast with recurring monthly contributions, head on over to patreon.com slash beyondbeliefsobriety or become a member of our YouTube channel. If you'd like to make a one-time contribution, then visit our website beyondbeliefsobriety.com and click on the donate button. I do appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back again real soon with another episode of Beyond Belief Sobriety.